Hello and welcome to Ritter's Reality Roundup. My name is Adam Ritter and I am back to recap episode 15 of Australian Survivor All-Stars. And we say goodbye to Dirty Harry. Uh, the Vakama group continues to get picked off after the merge and it seems like Harry's number is up. Um, I'm really bummed to see Harry go in this spot. Obviously, you know, he's made a little bit of... A, a miscalculation in terms of misplaying his advantage to save Nick, but in the grand scheme of things, would it have made much of a difference? Oh, who really knows? I think we see from this merge situation that the Makuta grouping are just too powerful. They are too strong. They are too loyal. They are too united. And now we see Harry go a really impressive run, having played back to back, um, even though he does uh, a little bit worse this time, still makes the merge. And um, he's now the second member of the jury. So we see this episode start. And Moana's feeling quite happy that he sent Lockie home and given him a taste of his own medicine. Um, and it really seems like David and Moana, they've really solidified themselves in that grouping and that they're basically going to run the game now. Um, so I guess we know now that the, the, you know, the Varkama group have to know that they are in trouble. Right, they know that they're down in numbers, so it's basically about what can they do, if anything, to try and flip the script and try and pick off one of these Makuta people and make that case. And Harry, throughout this episode, really tried to make that case quite, um, and you, you know what, I don't think we can hold it against him. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. He said in his exit press, like, why, why on earth would they flip at this point in time? You'd still probably want to pick off another one of the minority to make sure that they can't come back from you picking off one of your own. See this episode start and we see David sort of talk about how 31 days in, he feels very sick. He got a spider bite on his left butt cheek, can't even sit straight and he's feeling quite ill. I thought it quite interesting last episode that he was speaking quite differently, more muted than normal at Tribal Council. And I did think there was either something wrong with him or maybe he was doing it deliberately. So it's good to know that we got this explained to us in the edit and we understood that like, he's the one that's in trouble um, and he's just kind of really having a bad time and a rough go of it. But I mean, it doesn't really matter because his position in the game is Incredible. No one is thinking of going after David. He's got two idols. So if he's a little bit sick, you know what? I think he'll be fine, to be quite frank. And then we see sort of Harry kind of break it down. Tried that infiltration of the Makuta tribe, but Zach and David lied to us. And it's really curious that, you know, he expected the sneakiness from Dave, but Zach's the surprise package. And I think what we're trying to understand here is that Zach isn't necessarily being quite sneaky and we're not really getting a lot of his perspective. I just think Zach is kind of really deciding to play with this particular group. I would love to know why. I would love to like maybe hear some reasoning why Zach is playing the way that he is because I don't think he can get Zach to the end. I don't think Zach has a case to answer for if he gets to the end with either David or Moana. Um, and, you know, so what is Zach's plan here? When does he expect to go after David? It'd be great if we could get that in the edit, except, you know, it's now there's still the David and Moana show. And now that Harry's gone too, it's going to be really curious to see who's going to take up that confessional time. Are we just going to see this case every episode where the person who goes home takes up the confessional against David and Moana 
and then they go home and then someone else takes time and there's a visibility spike there. I could see that really happening as well. So we see David really try and announce these weird stats. You know, he says, Harry played 49 days last time. He's had 81 consecutive days. I want Harry out on this vote because if I make it to the end, that gives me consecutive of 84 days. And that would be huge for my final tribal speech. Uh, I don't think it'll be that huge. And I think he's kind of pandering to this idea of statistics that it matters in the jury's eyes. I don't really think that it does. But I do find this quite interesting that David is sort of picking these targets for seemingly arbitrary reasons that relate to his ego in the game. Uh, David is playing from this perspective of, you know, he's really thinking about his survivor resume, his survivor legacy, what he stands for. And he really like is kind of that sponge that is like, no one can do anything better than me because when I get to the end, I want to make sure that I'm the best person. And while I think that is a great way to play, if you can get away with it like David can, it doesn't necessarily lead to the most exciting television because David is playing the game where he wants to be around goats. He's playing the perfect survivor game for someone who wants to be around goats. But is it the perfect game to watch on TV because it's a battle of the wits and you're watching someone who can intellectually match David? No. You're watching him kind of steamroll throughout the game. To go back to Harry, Harry's trying to figure out with AK, what's this plan? What can we do to try and get the numbers back to us? So they think Jackie is the best option. And I kind of agree. It makes a lot of sense, right? Um, and they want to use Lee and Zach to make it happen. Zach has proven that he's willing to make sort of deals. Um, and Harry talks about playing from the bottom, he knows that he's kind of been playing from the bottom in a lot of his Survivor game. Um, and that definitely makes a lot of sense. I think Harry does have a lot of awareness and he's a good thinker of the game. But for me, where it falls down with Harry is that just on paper, he just isn't able to execute a lot of the moves that he thinks of. Uh, and that's really where this, the failing comes. I think Harry plays an impeccable social game, does quite well in the physical challenges, which is so critical for Australian Survivor. But where that failing is, is that idea that like that thinking about two or three moves ahead instead of what can I do to just get three more days in the game. And I think a lot of that is luck. And Harry certainly had a lot of bad luck in the game, but also putting himself in those positions too by doing lies that he doesn't necessarily need in the past, like things like, you know, lying about having a son, Oscar so famously right which are great tv moments but doesn't necessarily and in just even the fact that he has the moniker of dirty harry is putting him in that position where if you play quite a sneaky game you've got to surround yourself around sort of sneakier people i really do go back to i think makuda from day one if they had started to vote off all of the loyalty kind of players i feel that coming into the merge we might have a different situation where even though the swaps might have ended up a certain way, we might have had these filler people like your Zacks, your Tarzans, your Jackies be voted off in a typical pre-merge. But we've seen that because of the reputation coming in for a lot of these all-stars, that the sneakier players keep falling by the wayside and we are now left with this sort of David in charge and everyone else is a follow-up. So we then get to the immunity challenge and Jonathan is bringing everyone in and they see that it looks familiar. Obviously, Harry knows it's familiar because it's the final immunity challenge from last season. No one else has seen this before, though, because they 
flew out early. They flew out around merge time. So they didn't get to see the final Tribal Council Immunity Challenge, in which famously Harry, Pia and Baden sort of sat there for upwards of five or six hours, holding their body weight in this contorting, essential torture device. Um, and we see this time around, it's been modified a little bit because they don't want it to go on for five hours. They have to carry 20% of their body weight. So Harry already knows that he's lost this challenge to someone like Baden and Pia. So curious to see how he does this time around um, and whether or not that familiarity gives him an advantage or not. Uh, clearly it doesn't. Uh, and we see Brooke win after a long time which I think is really great for her. Um, I do wonder though that again, Brooke's really putting herself in that spot of being the immunity threat. And I could see a situation where if Brooke keeps winning these challenges and the rest of Vaka might get picked off, then maybe Brooke could be, you know, that first person to win four or five challenges in a row in a Mike Holloway-esque uh, run and become the person at the end that wins all those jury votes. But there's a very unlikely shot of that because the challenges are so different from episode to episode. Anyway, we see this go on for quite a bit. They speed it up. They get them to move to different uh, little pedestals which have less foot space and are just more excruciating over time. And anyway, we see the question of, you know, Brooke finally winning the challenge. They all go back to tribal council. But it's different because it's quite late at night. These challenges have gone on, you know, for hours now. They don't get to go back to camp. They have to go straight to tribal council. And this relates to something we saw last season, that famous night tribal council, which had really great cinematography. It was very exciting. It's a bit of a shame that it was used at this particular vote in time because it was so straightforward and everyone was pretending to kind of play back and forth. But it does. It did seem like a pretty routine vote. And we see this thing where the majority alliance of seven decide to split their votes five to two, uh, five on Harry with David, Jackie, Moana, Tarzan and Zach, and then Lee and Sean voting for AK. And then you've got the, the Vakam of four voting for Jackie and AK, Brooke, Harry and Shawnee. And uh, we don't see anything. Oh, you know, Harry at that last minute tries to make a bit of a joke, but nothing happens. And we see Harry go out at this point in the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's pretty much it. Uh, coming into this week as well for the next time on Survivor, we see uh, quite an emotional moment. Uh, something big is going to be happening tonight where, you know, someone voluntarily leaves the game. So whatever does happen, I my deepest sympathies to that person uh, whoever they are, um, and I think tonight's going to be a, a very different sort of show of Survivor. It's not going to be really about the strategy or anything like that. Uh, it it'll, will be interesting to see if it is someone from, you know, the Vakama remains, if it's someone like AK, Brooke or Shawnee. Um, and if it isn't, then it's probably someone in that majority alliance, which uh, would mean that um, it could have ramifications for the rest of the game. Uh, but one thing I want to note as well uh, you know, Harry being the second member of the jury does lead to a situation where at the moment, um, if it was a final two, which Australian Survivor is so famous for, there would be an even number of jury members, uh, which could lead to a situation where um, 
there could be five votes and five votes. So there has to be a twist coming. Maybe it's that famous remove a juror twist from season two in which Jericho successfully got to remove um, Tessa from the jury. So uh, it could be something like that. Or maybe this could have ramifications as well. If this person volunteers to leave the game and they're not on jury, then maybe that twist goes off as planned. Uh, so curious to see what happens with that. It all starts 7.30 tonight. Again, apologies for this episode being quite late as per normal, but as you know, life gets in the way sometimes. I will have a Winners at War recap coming for the first four episodes uh, as well. Um, and I've also got some important things on the pipeline. As always, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ritter, A-D-A-M-R-I-D-A, and follow the podcast account at Writers Reality Roundup, R-A-D-A-S-R-O-U-N-D-U-P. And that's it. Bit of a shorter recap. Not much happening at the moment with Australian Survivor, to be quite frank. So kind of really excited to get these next two weeks underway and maybe things will heat up and we could have a bit of a shock result. But we'll see what happens. As always, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.